The following is Kenny Darter's 2015 Guide to Fantasy Football. You get Gronk, you get luck, and you log the f*** out. Boom! Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue-in-cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, J.J. Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback. And of course, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I was just wondering when uh, we were going to rename the show the Tyrod Taylor Power Hour. Oh man, I'm getting pretty excited for that. I think that's just pretty much. It's just I'm I'm only I'm only going to tweet about Tyrod Taylor this season just just for everyone's you know info what would be really awesome is if we could get niles paul to talk about tyrod taylor on living the stream see i don't know if niles paul's injury makes it more or less likely that he'll be <laughs> right. on a because right. is it unethical for us to do that as well like to, to that mean, i mean i would be in a really bad place you know after all that you know the coaches say you're you know they put him first on the depth chart right He's going to be a big part of the offense, this and that, and then and then this horrific injury. I don't know. You know, I feel like I feel like there would be a better chance if he actually was um, playing and not horribly injured. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty sad what happened. I mean, he's been he's been working for this for his. He sent a tweet out after it happened. It was one of the most depressing things that I've read on football Twitter this summer. Probably really? probably the most depressing. It was just well, something I, along the lines of like I've been working on this for four years just to just to watch it like go away oh man that is sad and hey uh to be the saddest thing on football twitter you got to be pretty sad oh yeah oh definitely twitter football twitter is a sad place a lot you know very often it's very sad dennis pitta is also uh suffering from sadness right now he's he's gonna miss the first six weeks of the season yeah i uh, which isn't a surprise but it's just confirmation for your for your boy my my uh, my mentions were aflame today uh, after the after the Pitta news and I guess um, <clears throat> I guess you know you, you write a, you write three articles about a guy three off seasons ago and uh, you're attached to him it. you're attached to him forevermore yeah yeah that's why I mean if Derek Carr ends up being a good quarterback <laughs> I am screwed oh delete everything delete the I'm account quitting the everything podcast. yeah number fire mm-hmm. needs a new editor in chief if Derek Carr is good. Is, is, is basically <laughs> so, what's going on. All right, I just recorded that. I'm gonna have that in my back pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's what happens, though, man. That such is life. Whenever you're putting your opinions out there, because even and the thing that the thing that's crazy is that even if you don't have a very strong opinion on someone, but it it differs even in the slightest to another analyst, and you guys just go back and forth about the topic, like for a little bit on Twitter, like. The more you go back and forth with someone uh, uh, with someone about a player, the more mm-hmm. likely it is that you're going to come out of it with a more extreme viewpoint than you ever intended it to be. Right, right. It, it's like it's like you're you become entrenched in a in a view that you didn't really have in the first place, right. yeah. just because yeah. you're defending a guy. But hey, look at uh, orthodoxy is uh, you know pretty rampant on on fantasy Twitter. I mean, we we've seen we've seen people run off of fantasy Twitter. 
yeah. for having the wrong opinion, which ended up being right. Yeah. I mean, this, this happens. Oh, it's, it's insane. That's, that's kind of how I feel like with Andre Ellington right now. It's like, I'm not that, that low on him. It's just, I'm not nearly as high as a lot of people are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so I figured I'd just throw that out there right now. Right. So you, you said you, let me get this straight. You said Andre Ellington should not be in the NFL. Right, right. right exactly. He should, he, he definitely should not be playing in the league. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Just so it's just so we're clear. Okay. Anyway, so today, after a brief hiatus, because Dennis went to to vacation, no, you were in North Carolina, right? I I was, and it makes me feel terrible because I was like, what, like three hours from you? Yeah, probably ish. It, it, Charlotte's more inland, so it's it's difficult. It's like some beaches are pretty far, but some are some are closer. Like I can get to like Myrtle Beach in like three hours, but no one really wants to go to Myrtle Beach unless they're just trying to drink their face off for forty eight hours. Right. So, uh, is it true that you have to have a calf tattoo to go to Myrtle Beach? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got I got one for my bachelor party actually before we before we we all did all all twelve of us. And can I ask you, did you get a palm tree that was tattooed? To yeah, your calf? yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was yeah. It was, well, it was the South Carolina uh, logo. Anyway, I just I just picture I picture literally everyone in Myrtle Beach with just. Uh, 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 calf tattoos of palm trees. That's yeah, oh, d- absolutely. And Jesus sandals. <laughs> yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, you were in, you were you were on vacation last week, so we didn't pod, and people got mad, and we're sorry. Uh, people are so mad. I, I listen. I'm I'm sorry that we couldn't deliver our takes <laughs> with with hardly anything happening last week. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like much was missed, other than I mean. Maybe some people had. I had not, in my home league auction draft actually on Saturday. So that really, yeah, that that finished up. I was pretty pretty pleased with it. It was a fun time. Fourteen teamer, but thirteenth uh, year for the league. So we're we're getting pretty intense, man. It's getting getting deep. But that's half your life. Yeah, it's pretty much. That's half your life. Almost. That's it's not quite half my life, Denny. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Davis Maddox age. Wait, wait. You're twenty eight. I'm I'm not saying my age on this podcast. Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> I am 27 years old. You're 27. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was 1 year off. <laughs> it's not quite. It's not quite. I'm 6 months off actually. Next year next year is the half my life anniversary of my fantasy football league. This year is not. People are, now people are going to hit me up and be like, "Oh my god, you're really 27?" So what? Twenty seven is not, you know, seventeen. I mean, I mean, I grew up. The thing. So the thing is, we have not even remotely talked about fantasy football yet. But that's okay. The thing is, the thing is, I grew up with two older siblings that are my brother's thirty three or thirty four. My sister's thirty two, and right. so I grew up with the typical things that you probably did, like the mm-hmm. the, the same pop culture stuff. Like I like say I know everything about Saved by the Bell. I know all of that kind of. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. Even though I was on the fringe age of that kind of stuff, it's just because I had older siblings that I, I, I am I am more mature than other twenty seven year olds. I, I I'm with you. Uh, it it makes no sense that you know anything about uh, Say by the Bell, seeing that you were, um, you know, drinking from a bottle while Say by the hey, Bell was in. Hey hey, not true. Actually, it's, do you, the best fact that you will ever the best the best bar trivia. Did you know that Say by the Bell the new class? lasted longer than saved by the bell wow yeah that's that's an abomination right say, oh, say the original saved by the bell i think was like five years 
And the new class was like seven or something like that. Oh, oh God, really? Uh, I tried. I remember I tried to like the new class so hard uh, as a kid. I remember oh, yeah, being like, so oh, oh, I can get into it. I can get into it. I like it. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stick. Oh, God, I can't. It's so bad. Yeah, if you were to power rank it, it definitely goes the first Save by the Bell. I, actually, I'm going to say Save by the Bell, not not the first season with the with like without AC Slater and stuff. The mm-hmm. And like Miss Bliss, like screw Miss Bliss. I'm not a. I don't. I hate Miss Bliss. She's wow. the worst, dude. Miss Bliss is so bad. That's a that's a fire take on Miss Bliss. Yeah, yeah. dude, okay. she is so bad. She's just <laughs> such a bad teacher and actor actress. So, I I would I would say that the best seasons for Saved by the Bell were like the the pre Tory like Tory was also terrible. Mm-hmm. It was pre Tory, and then it was probably. Probably Tori, and then probably Miss Bliss, and then the college years, and then mm-hmm. the new class. I I I agree with that uh, for the most part. I, although I'm not I'm not as versed in Saved by the Bell as you are. I mean, you you are really quite into that. I, um, <laughs> little did you know. I I have I just as as long as we're not talking fantasy football, I want to say that I I watched uh, the movie with our boy. Uh, Tom Everett Scott. Oh, nice. Hi, Tom. Um, and uh, that um, thing you do? You no, know, it was uh, Dead Man on Campus. Nice. And I, uh, as much as I as I like that movie, I have to say that the Zach Morris character—I forget the actor's name—but he is basically they made him Zach Morris without w- without any of the redeeming, endearing traits of zach morris yeah in that movie so they dyed his hair black right and and they and they made him unlikable and it's just i just wanted him to be zach the whole time i was watching i was like <laughs> okay where's Zach? where's that oh oh right this guy's unlikable in the extreme how was so, how was how was tom in that in that he was that he he was excellent i Good. i i laughed i laughed several several times uh like like a like a hearty laugh nice. uh, at, at his uh at his lines and facial expressions it was very he's very 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 good in that i think i think that we need to make t-shirts like living the stream t-shirts and just send them out to listeners like like t-shirts that say things like jason witten is fat and or or like or like ruffle wilson and just have and just see if they wear like i want i want tom uh, tom i want you to wear one on set someday yeah oh man yeah well i mean i think first we just we should just start with living the stream t-shirt <laughs> we should probably just start with with standard living the stream before be, like we, we need to get a little bit bigger right. before we just start declaring things like jason witness fat on t-shirts as opposed yeah. to as opposed to this podcast that that very few people are going to listen to let's let's wait let's wait to be incredibly mean <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to, to players and, yeah. And, yeah yeah that's probably a good idea and 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 definitely don't wear the Jason Witness fat shirt to Dallas Cowboys training camp. No, don't. Oh, God. Yeah, please don't because, you know, he, I, well, we, we can't be held responsible. He looks so kind. He looks like the kindest human alive. But I bet you if he, he would start raging if he saw you wearing that T-shirt. He would be like, I'm a healthy eater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. That's 10 minutes of us just ranting about things. So uh, let's talk today about auction drafts. So we, we get a lot, a lot of questions about auction drafts and fantasy football. Um, and they're becoming a little bit more popular. I, I personally have been doing them for quite a while. Uh, my, my home league did switch to them about six years ago, I want to say. 
Uh, so we were kind of hip, like auction league hipsters in a way, because <laughs> the software the software was kind of new whenever we started doing it, because a lot of of those bigger sites like the ESPNs and the Yahoos just started doing them. So basically, if you had if you were going to do an auction, you were doing it live with mm. with friends and stuff, and that obviously takes a lot more work than just doing it through a software application. So uh, I'm I'm pretty into them. I think that it's it's the way to draft. To be honest, I'm. I hate I hate the being forced to take a guy. I understand there's there's pros and cons. The pro with the you needing to take a guy. Well, the pro is obviously that it goes a lot faster the draft. But the there's also the idea that you're being forced to make a decision. So you need to be op like if if you're going to make optimal decisions, then you're a better player. And that's what it would be for for snake drafts. But I think getting your guys and and playing the auction game is a little bit more skillful to me. And that's my my personal opinion. But sure, no, absolutely. But yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about auction drafts. Denny, are you, are, do you like auction drafts, Denny? I, well, I, I think like you said that uh, the, 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 the savvy fantasy footballer can get incredible values in auctions. Mm-hmm. Um, m- more so, much, much more so than, than in snake drafts. Uh, I think that you, you know, uh, <clears throat> if you look at a, it, just a league, maybe with some casual players and some players who really know what they're doing, uh, you will see the, the the difference by the end of the um, draft. Not not that the the best teams will have will be stacked with with you know first round picks, right. but but rather they'll be stacked with you know third round picks. Yeah, yeah, and or fourth or fifth round, and you know and and they'll get deals, they'll get uh, um, values on on those players, um, along with you know one dollar specials on. Um, you know, uh, on guys who who could who could have huge opportunity. Uh, so I think that uh, it definitely favors the the skilled player. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, I think that if you're if you're of the mindset like, like I am and like you are too, Denny, where it's you know you're not you're an imperfect drafter in the first place, and so if you know that going in, then you're not necessarily aiming for particular guys. You're aiming more for particular values, which can really come in handy with auction drafts, as you said. I think that's right. that's kind of where the difference is. Yeah, and and I I think uh, um, it's in, in in auctions just kind of like a high level uh, uh, outlook here, but uh, it's it's easier to just kind of let the draft happen mm-hmm. uh, because you know in snake drafts like when it's your turn to pick, it's your turn to pick. Right. So if you're bidding on, bidding on a player and someone just keeps outbidding you, you you know it's best to just let it go. Like you know let let that let let somebody else. Uh, ruin someone else, ruin a player's uh, draft value by just keep you know bidding up, bidding up, bidding up. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where the skill comes in. Yeah. Let's actually let's let's talk about that really quick. I mean, do you have particular ways that you're nominating players or that you're approaching that side of things? And then at the same time, when you're bidding on guys, are you only bidding on guys that you actually want? Are you just driving up prices to be a troll? Like, what are you what are you looking to do? Right. Uh, I'll get to that last part in a second, but but I I do uh, if the, if there's a run on a position like um, if people start nominating tight ends, uh, you know, two three in a row, I'll I'll keep that going because I think that that kind of replicates what happens in a snake draft where you get a tight end run in the middle rounds where people are defecating in their underwear, um, <laughs> trying trying to reel in a, 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 what they see as a viable tight end before they all go away. And they're, you know, God forbid, left with um, Charles Clay. Right. So, um, so, so I think that you can do the same 
uh, and, and I've had some success in doing that where, you know, quarterback run, tight end run, you know, a onesie position run, right. uh, even defenses, you know, even defenses. When, when that's all happening, you can throw throw one out there and keep that run going. And 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 I think that uh, that you, you'll see people kind of um, uh, kind of flock to that player and say, oh, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, the tight ends are going. I have to get one. Right, right. That, I, I, I agree with you there for sure. And even, I mean, even if you're that guy that throws out the Seahawks defense to begin with, I mean, I'm, I'm totally for that because you're, you're going to find teams that are going to spend more than a dollar and a $200 budget on a defense. And if you throw it out there early enough where people have money and they're not afraid to spend it, then you're going to gain an advantage because people are going to be losing money for a defense that clearly, you know, if, if someone's drafting the Seahawks defense, they're clearly not having they're, they're not doing anything value-wise for their team they're not optimizing that spot no and, uh, and i say this as as the guy who was auto-drafted the seahawks defense in our apex writers league oh yeah that's right i forgot about that god uh what am i gonna do gotta love it at least you didn't draft arian foster in the first round oh did you do that um yeah, yeah that was sweet <laughs> Uh, but the other thing I do also, uh, almost every single auction, is I continuously nominate uh, quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks, uh, all, all quarterbacks that I can just to get people to waste money and spend their money early when they have money on those positions and then just pick off value later. Like, throw those onesie positions out there. Throw Jimmy Graham out there. Throw, you know, even though you might be, you know, depends on the on the draft with like Kelsey or someone, but... You know, throw a guy like Gronk out there. Just see see how much people are going to spend him on because they're going to spend a lot of money. A guy like 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 Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, and and Jimmy Graham are three guys that I try to nominate as early as possible because they're three guys that I generally I generally don't like the value of, and I want other people to spend money on those guys. It, it, let me ask you: uh, if if you nominate Luck, right, and and you know a couple minutes pass, people are bidding. And he's about to he's like he's ten seconds away from from going at a really reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Um, do you bid up? Yeah, I will. I mean, I'll bid up. The, the, like the thing that's crazy is like like my home league. Everyone knows like auction drafts. I feel like more than any other draft, you if you know your audience, you can really take advantage of that. So, for instance. In my home league, people take advantage of the fact that they know that I'm not going to spend on quarterbacks, and none of them are really going to spend on quarterbacks either just because they understand LRQB and, and the strategy and stuff. Um, but at the same time, like they knew they knew going into the draft that I was fairly high on Amir Abdullah, and I got Amir Abdullah, but I spent a crap ton of money on Amir Abdullah. And so, you know, if you know your audience, you can just bid them up. If you know that certain guys are really, and I mean, me personally, I'm going to take more risks in my home league just because it's more fun. Uh, but, you know, in general, if you know who you're drafting with, if, if you're with someone who loves taking quarterbacks early, who's always early round quarterback guy, who is clearly into Andrew Luck, and you can just, and you know that he's going to take him for the extra dollar after you bid him up, sure, go for it. And mm-hmm. in worst case scenario, you get stuck with him and you, you try to deal with that. But you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with feeling out the draft and understanding who you're drafting with. Yeah, that happened to me last year with Peyton Manning. Uh, I oh, yeah. and the I was in that league with you. Yeah, and the two mugs auction. I mean, it was basically just it was it was a bunch of writers and and no one was spending any money on quarterbacks. And Peyton was about to go for like less than a tenth of our budget, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, no, I can't. 
let this happen. I must not let this happen. And I bit up and then I got I got stuck with him, which wasn't, you know, well, <laughs> wasn't horrible. No, I mean, it's not, not definitely not terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so I think I think from a bidding perspective, it's it's going it's throwing up guys that you don't really want uh per se guys that are that play those onesie positions because you know you're only going to spend little and we'll get into that in a little bit um but i I think the key with auction drafts we'll go we'll talk a little bit more about strategy now like i think the key with auction drafts to is is understanding the fact that snake drafts are linear every pick one to pick two to pick three there's no difference in in terms of the, the difference is all the same in terms of of equity when you don't consider the player pool right it's it's all the same you're you're going down one pick, one pick, one pick, one pick. But with auction drafts, that's clearly not the case because you're spending different amounts of money on different players. So that's where that's where tiers become really, really important and understanding tiers. Because if you can get a player in a tier for the least amount of money in that tier, then you're gaining an advantage. It's the same way in a snake draft. So if you, for instance, in a snake draft, see Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal, Jamal Charles, those four guys as the clear top tier then you ideally want to have the fourth pick in the draft. You don't want the first pick because mm-hmm. if all of those guys are in the same tier, that means they're all interchangeable in rank. So there's no reason that you would want to have an earlier pick because then you're getting a later second round pick. So sure. so it's the same idea with auction drafts, but you could actually take advantage of it a little bit more. And, and to that point, I just want to throw out this idea that I, I wrote about last year, I think on Roto World actually. Um, it's, it's this idea, this U theory idea. Uh, so it essentially is you take a tier, think of the, the, the U, the letter U, the shape. If in, in that tier, if you're at the top left of that, the start of that U, that's the first player in that tier. So he's going to go for a lot of money because he's the first player in that tier. And then once you get to the middle of the tier or the bottom of the U, you generally can start to find some values. So if, for instance, there's a group of five wide receivers, the third wide receiver that's nominated in that tier generally, and this is sort of anecdotal, I have some numbers behind it, generally goes for less money than what that first those, that first guy did. And then watch out at the end of the of the end of that tier because things start shooting up money wise and value wise. You're going to find that you know if, if, let's just take those four running backs again as, as our example. If, if Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, and Le'Veon Bell are all off the board, you better believe Eddie Lacy is going to go for just as much money or is going to go probably for more money than what those guys did because teams are now desperate to get that last guy in the tier. So that's kind of what the U theory is all about and, and understanding those tiers, not only just tiers in your own rankings, but, but tiers in terms of perception and how ADP works and how people value those players is extremely, extremely important. Yeah, I, I remember that article. That that was uh, I, I. Anybody doing an auction draft in the next week or two should definitely look that up. But you you should link to it on on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I'll try to find it and see see if uh, if I can. It might be might be lost a little bit, but I haven't I haven't looked at it in, in a in a decent bit. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what's key is understanding tiers. It's just I mean, it's the same as snake drafts for the most part in understanding tiers. But you can take more advantage of it because you're not being forced to make a decision like you are in snake drafts. It's not linear. So, you know, instead of, you know, if, if, you know, Mark Ingram, for instance, if he's the start of the tier of the running back tier in the third round, this is just an example. It's a random example or Frank Gore or insert any third round running back here. If, if Mark Ingram is that guy, then in an auction draft, you can find he, he could maybe perhaps have a much, uh, 
significantly less value compared to what you spent on, say, LaShawn McCoy. But in a snake draft, they're so close in ADP. If someone's taking him at the beginning of the third, let's say, they're so close in ADP that you're not gaining the same kind of equity. Right. Well, I have to say that the only tears I know about in fantasy football are the ones running down my face on <laughs> on Sunday nights and Monday nights. So, but I mean, sorry. So, are you? Do you normally go for more of a stars and scrubs approach with with your auction drafts? You know, the the only auctions that that I do are are, are with fantasy writers and analysts. So, you know, they're they're trying to take that same approach, really. Mm-hmm. And so I find myself um, struggling to to actually execute the stars and scrubs. Yeah, because everyone's kind of doing that. Yeah, because yeah, and 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 so, but but I think you know, uh, optimally, I think that yes, I would I would do that if I were in um, a le- like a home league or or, or something. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's that's definitely the way to go. I mean, you, the some of the um, I'm, auction auction values uh differ by by site but i mean it's sort of shocking to see the players the kind of players who are going for like three four dollars right exactly um, right and especially the, the receivers and running backs going for three or four dollars in, in these leagues or the tight ends going for a buck you know like i think i saw delaney walker going for right. a dollar. you can get a guy like eifert you can get all, all of those guys usually for just a dollar or two i think I think the real like a, a huge reason to do to to go stars and scrubs and and you know you have to be flexible always, but a big reason to do it uh, kind of goes back to some of the bust rate stuff that I did last season last off season. Uh, so essentially, about fifty to sixty percent of running backs drafted after RB thirty uh, don't even end up as RB threes in fantasy football, uh, mm. and and that's a little bit better at the wide receiver position. But essentially, what this is saying, what I'm trying to say is. If you're drafting a running back, if you're thinking about a snake draft, again, you're forced to draft in the sixth and the seventh round and the eighth round. Those players are not that much different historically mm-hmm. than what you would find in the 10th or 11th round. And those 10th and 11th round guys are going for a dollar in auction drafts. So because of that, you can, instead of spending, say, $10 on a guy in the sixth round or seventh round, unless there's a guy that you like, of course, you can spend just a dollar on a guy in the 10th round and then spend that, that excess money that you would then collect on higher end wide receivers and running backs. Yeah, I yeah, I think that that's that's sort of the the main point if if I were to make any you know a central point in 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 auction uh talk it would be uh it would be you know like you said saving that money for running backs and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um I think that people might be shocked to see, you know, if that's your focus, uh they might be shocked to see the, the stable of receivers and running backs that you end up with. Yeah. Um, if, if you're, if you're really being cheap with, with quarterback and tight end and, and by cheap, I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, like, like some sort of uh halfway approach to, to the onesie positions. I mean like super uh, bottom of the barrel cheap. Right. The other thing, the other thing too, and I don't know how many, how, how many or how many snake drafts people have done that are listening or, or even you, Denny, but um if you look at the end of, let's say the end of the fifth round in a 12 team snake, probably until the end of the eighth round, those players, every time you draft them, you feel completely uncomfortable. Like it just, 
it doesn't it doesn't feel right. And the reason is because a lot of those guys are just as good. Like you can get if you can get Anquan Bolden in the ninth round as as opposed to getting say Mike Wallace at the end of the sixth. I mean, there's not that much equity to be gained there. I mean, Anquan Bolden could very very easily finish with more fantasy points than Mike oh, Wallace this year. And sure. that's kind of the way that the draft is this season, the way things are shaping up, because a lot of those younger guys are becoming more relevant, and they're in those middle rounds now, and they're pushing those veterans out. And that's just especially true at wide receiver with Steve Smith and Larry Fitzgerald and those kind of guys. And that that's kind of what I've noticed this season in particular in terms of these values or particular guys that are that seem to be cheaper in auctions than they would be in snakes. Or where, where you can find value is getting those veteran wide receivers just because they're becoming so cheap and that, and you can actually gain a little bit more equity in auctions than you would in snake drafts. Uh, definitely. I mean that, that Bolden Wallace comparison is, 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 is excellent. I mean, I, I think even a guy, uh, you know, like, uh, like Lamar Miller, mm-hmm. uh, you could get for, for really cheap, especially if, if, you know, he's nominated in the middle in the middle of a of an auction after a lot of people have spent a lot of money on quarterbacks and and the elite tight ends you know yeah i mean i think it just it it goes back it depends again with like a guy like miller or a guy like uh, any of those middle round wide receivers and so on just look for what tier they're in and try to get you know a guy in the middle of that tier try to get him it goes back to the u theory try to get him because he's probably going to go for, right. for cheap so with regards to quarterback, tight end, defense, how are you just in general budgeting for those positions? If you have a two hundred dollar budget, uh, to I mean, I'm I'm okay with budgeting. You know, honestly, like two bucks for right. for quarterback. If if that's the if if I don't if I don't see any any sort of value in in guys I like, um, you know, guys like I, I really like Romo, I really like Tannehill and Eli. But though I think that those are three guys that in most drafts are probably going to be seen as every week starters and are going to be uh, bid on as such. Right. Uh, so you know, if I end up, you know, say, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can get Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick for a dollar. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, basically anyone after that that QB ten area is going to be yeah. at least you know three dollars or less. Let's say. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, is it is it impo- is it impossible to get Carson Palmer for a dollar? Not at all. He probably will be a dollar in most so, auctions. Yeah, so I mean, those are three three guys right there that I would be you know really happy with. Yeah. Honestly, I uh, I think Palmer. Um, I mean, this is a side note, but I it's, it's easy to forget how um, you know how high we were on him last year coming into the season, yeah. and and how well he was doing. I mean, it was all it was all happening yeah he was he was a he was a very big part of the frankenstein to start last year that we that we created right i mean he was he was very um borderline kind of every week starter i mean he was he felt like he was getting there and he was definitely a guy who uh for me i just plugged in when he had a favorable matchup i didn't think twice yeah he was a he was the sixth most efficient quarterback according to net expected points last year yeah and and i i said this on twitter the the other day and and I don't usually say these things because I'm not an evaluator, and I just I'm just a a, a guy watching football uh, on my TV. Sure. Um, but uh, watching him against um, the Chiefs the other night uh, in preseason, he I mean his arm is is alive. Yeah. Like I don't know what I expected, but 
uh, coming off that uh, another knee catastrophe, right. I just I was just bowled over by how how good he looked. Now I don't base my decisions on how guys look, but it was encouraging. Yeah. And for and for a dollar, if he flames out or or if he gets hurt again, uh, so what? Yeah, exactly. That's that's essentially. I mean that that's the reason why you can. You can actually take more advantage, I think, in these auction drafts than you can in a snake draft with LRQB or, or LRTE or drafting mm. these tight ends and quarterbacks and, and even defenses. If people are going to spend on defense early, like we talked about, uh, you can take more advantage of it in those drafts during your draft uh, than, than in snake drafts for sure. And th- there's just a plethora of usable quarterbacks. There's the Bradford that you might be able to get for a dollar even. I mean, there's... I got I got Ryan Tannehill for two in my home league. Like, oh wow! Sheesh. It's just that that's the way that quarterbacks are being perceived. So if a guy is spending because they have more budget, if a guy is spending on Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, then there, he's obviously going to be at an even bigger disadvantage than maybe maybe even perhaps snake drafts. And if you're in the league with Kenny Darter, he's he's bidding on Luck and then Rodgers as a back. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's you're you're even more at an advantage there. Exactly. So I think I mean I think that pretty much does it. Like in terms of of our strategy, how we're approaching things, how we feel about things. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I'm good. Cool. All right, then let's uh, let's hit up the Twitter questions and see what's going on on Twitter. Hope I think we'll be able to get through all of them this week. Sorry for not getting through all of them uh, in the last one. The first one is from at Mike underscore Bory. He said, "Is it better to go after?" Uh, multiple second tier wide receivers like J Matt, DeAndre Hopkins, or Alshon, then spend on one big elite receiver. And I am assuming that's re- with regards to auction. Uh, go ahead. You can go first there. I mean, I think it depends. Uh, and all of it does. I mean, I don't think that you're going to be able to get like a, a, a Alshon and a DeAndre Hopkins for the same price that you can get a Julio. I, that's just not, that's not the way like, you're going to be spending more money, but I'm, I'm not against going for using that approach as long as you feel that those wide receivers have a legit opportunity to be in that top tier. But I do think that personally that guy like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, uh, maybe even Calvin, Demarius, Dez, like those five guys, Odell probably too. Those five guys, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough to match that that week to week consistency. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on value. I'm not against going with those two wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think it's just. I mean, if if Julio, Dez, and and company are going at unbelievably high prices, then mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with ending up with with uh you know Matthews and Alshon. Sure. Yeah, exactly. You got to feel it out in that that kind of situation. I would not go into it. That's the one thing you don't go into these auction drafts with like a set set in stone strategy maybe some guys you're targeting but mm-hmm. don't go in with a outside of quarterback and tight end and stuff don't go in with a i'm definitely spending on an elite running yeah. back because if every single person is going in with that same strategy that the those prices are going to be jacked up yeah uh, and, and even okay so a rigid mindset is bad in snake drafts but it's even worse in auction yeah. drafts uh, and, and and you know you're talking about a certain kind of player an elite wide receiver an elite running back it's even worse if you if you focus on a specific player and you come in and say i must have you know travis kelsey and you're going to just keep bidding up bidding up and you're going to land them and you're going to be happy and then you're going to realize how much you overspent right right exactly all right next question is from at dmc bry he said 
How strong of an inflation slash deflation effect is there having more or less teams? So 12 or 14 teams of a $200 budget. So yeah, I mean, obviously the more teams you have, you have to do the math with this. So the more teams you have, if you have 12 teams with a $200 budget, that means that there's $2,400 in total in this pot being spent. But if you have 14 teams, it's an extra $400 being spent, which Mm -hmm. means players are going to be more expensive. So I would still take the approach of you know spending a dollar on quarterback and a dollar on tight end uh but know that those high-end guys are going to be going for more money in a larger league than they would otherwise yeah yeah that that's that all sounds right this one is from our buddy at j bales underscore three he said winston kelsey eli one to road trip with for a week one to babysit denny's son for the week and one to help with chores your wife gave you I'm giving I'm giving Eli the chores. No, I want Eli babysitting. Oh, that's a good call. No, you're completely correct. Yeah, because I don't trust either of the other guys. So, who would who would so? Okay, now we're down to a road trip. I would road trip with Kelsey. Yeah, and then give and give Jameis the the chores. Yeah, I mean, I would pretty much just do the worst thing for Jameis, whatever that is. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, this next one is from at AZ to C. He said, Arizona to Seattle. That's that's what it means. Okay. <laughs> uh, spend big on wide receiver starters and load up on mid-tier running backs or vice versa. Would three starting wide, rec- wide receiver slots change your strategy? So this is auction-related once again. So he's saying spend big on receiver and, he's and go. Yeah, he's basically saying would you go you know with a zero RB type approach in auction? Um, God, you know, I mean, it's, it sucks to say it depends, but it does. I, if, but if I, honestly, if I had to choose one, you know, I mean, if I had to choose between those two options that we were given, I actually like, I actually end up, uh, spending more money on receiver and, and getting cheaper on running back. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I, I think that, you know, going into it you just have to feel things out it's very difficult again it's just it's the flexibility thing it's very difficult to answer auction questions when they differ so much from auction to auction like the way that people draft in general but me personally i'm i wouldn't necessarily get all you know i might get one elite wide receiver uh and not necessarily get all three because if you get if you get three wider three elite wide receivers is almost impossible to do to begin with in a 12 plus team league but if you're going to get a couple of them, your running backs are not going to be strong at all. And that that's a true zero RB approach. You're taking on a pretty big risk by doing that. Cool. Yeah, I, I you know, I guess we we probably I mean we probably differ a little bit on the zero RB uh thing. But um but yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't I don't recommend especially I don't know, if if you're if a fantasy owner, like a more casual fantasy owner who's not going to be all over the waiver wire all the time. Right. Uh, zero, zero RB does not work for that, for that kind of owner. Right. Totally. Uh, the next one is from at DC in the city. He said, keep one Jordan Matthews, Travis Kelsey, Lamar Miller. They all have the same cost. Oh, wow. I'd keep Lamar Miller. Me too. Next one at SPG 1780. What is an acceptable sample size to observe before we label Jameis as a dad runner? He looked dad runnery, dude. I think he's. I think he's on. He's a dad runner. I mean, is he like 
is he not just like a like a fat quarterback? Yeah, no, he like like Jameis Winston's fat. And and if someone if someone gives us a one star rating for saying that, I'm going, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> no, but I mean, he is like you know you he he looks like he just kind of walks onto the field and throws some passes, but like he's he's in no kind of shape. I I, I don't know. I don't. He's definitely got dad bod. It's not even close. I don't get like. Again, not an evaluator, just a guy sitting on his couch slobbering watching football. I'm working on the slobbering part, nice, but nice. the but just watching watching him, you know, some some in college, you know, the other night, I just, he just looks like a guy to me. I don't get it. I don't get right. it. Yeah, it's not. I don't, I don't. I don't. I also don't see the things in him that other people do, and I I also think that he's fat. I mean, hey, I do got, I got dad. Up. I got dad bod. It's okay. I, and you're not a dad, so this is a problem, Jake. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> uh, this next one is from at CD Corner. This is a, a rank in six points passing touchdown PPR and ten points for fifty plus field goal league. Corn dog, corn with a K, and cornmill. Love the show. Wow, that is a good. That's a that's a good question, Corner. Uh, can you repeat the options? Yeah, again? corn dog, corn like the the band or cornmill. <laughs> corn dogs are last. Yeah, corn dogs are horrendous. They are. Stop. If anyone likes corn dogs, you're you're living a horrible life. Yeah, stop listening right now yeah, and go. Yeah, just you're, we don't want you anymore. Yeah, that, that's horrendous. Uh, um, well, you know, sixteen year old me would have said <laughs> the band, the band Corn for sure. Freak on a leash. I rocks. I'm, I'm a rebel. Wow. Uh, <laughs> mill though is so important. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cornmill and then and then the band. And then K Corn. I'm I'm cool with that. This next one is from at Salvage Phoenix. He said What round do you like drafting Arian Foster besides the first overall? <laughs> oh, besides the, oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> that's such a shot. Oh god. Hilarious. Where are you have you have you done a, like drafts or anything? Like where would you take Arian Foster right now? I haven't taken uh, uh, since it was R.I.P. Arian. I have not take. I have not done a draft, so I don't know. <laughs> I would not take him because you have to hold him onto your bench for a while, and that sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it would be kind of similar to like Josh Gordon truthers, like myself, who held on to Josh Gordon for all of last year for nothing. Yeah. I, so, I won't relive. I won't. I won't relive that for you. We won't, yeah, we don't I, have to talk about that. Yeah, I don't really want to puke on air. Yeah. <laughs> um, this next one is Otrey's Hooligan. He said, what's y'all fave rookie running back to invest in for low keeper cost? I'm, I live that David Johnson life. I don't like I don't like Andre Ellington, as I said earlier. I don't I think he's fine at his ADP because of his role, but I'm not drafting him at his ADP. Like I, I get his ADP, but I'm if that makes any sense. I don't think like I think the running backs around him are 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 not or like have just as many question marks. But that doesn't mean I'm going to draft Andre Ellington. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, but David Johnson, I, I I like what what his potential is in that given that offense, given that role that he could have as long as he could get healthy. So here's who I'm not investing in a uh, rookie, Todd Gurley. Yeah. Yep. What is what is going on? It, to me, his ADP is the biggest mystery in fantasy football. Yeah, it's it's pretty bizarre, especially considering we know Jeff Fisher wants to win six to, to two. 
Well, you have that. You have he's coming off a, a terrible injury. Oh yeah. He's there. There's Trey Mason who who was pretty good on a on per, in perhaps the most vanilla offense of all time last year. Right. It. I I think it's a it's a vastly improved offense that, that this year with uh, Foles instead of Sean Hill. I know Sean Hill's my boy, but come on. Yeah. Now now now. So you're gonna so people are drafting Gurley like. Like he's just going to be inserted at some point this season, which the team has no idea, right? The team, the team yeah, says I mean, maybe he's he's going to he they're they're going to play it slow too because they don't want to ruin their franchise running back, you know. Ace well, their their latest franchise running back because they draft one every single year. Yeah, exactly. So so uh, so it could be week three, it could be week six. Who who knows? So he's but he's just going to step onto the field. Uh, and he's going to instantly be the, the the workhorse, and he's going to instantly be a fantasy miracle. I don't I don't buy any of that, and 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 the fact that he's going in like the seventh round, it just it boggles my mind. Maybe more than anything I've ever seen in fantasy football. Yeah, period, I don't get I don't get the girly look. The most confusing thing I've seen in, in fantasy football. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next one is it's time for Timmy. He said, "Here's a philosophical question: If Denny tweets and no one says delete the, this account, did he really send out a tweet?" <laughs> That's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, I I would say no. I think that it someone has to acknowledge that the, that the, the account must come down in order for that tweet to exist. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Uh, the next one is pick two to keep out of Des Bryant, Gronk, and C.J. Anderson. I think this is obvious for us. Wait, pick two. De- yeah, Des Gronk and C.J. Anderson. Uh, same price, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, then I mean, for me, it's Anderson and Dez. Yeah, me too. Not not Gronk. Tips for dealing in draft with owners that are sticking to suggested dollar values. Uh, this one I kind of responded. I went back and forth a little bit because I wanted to make sure that I understood the question. So you know, he's basically just saying, like, if people are sticking with overinflated, or if if they're sticking with the dollar values that are suggested, I don't think. I don't think that they're overinflated, for the record, Dave. This is at DMC Bry. Uh, Dave, I don't think that they're overinflated. I think that uh, some of them are fair. Some of them are, are underinflated. I, you know, if you go to ESPN right now, the auction drafts, Amir Abdullah is for, listed at $4. Mm. If you can get Amir Abdullah for $4, that is... That is a, yeah, a, that, I mean... I mean, he should be going for for in a $200 draft. He'll, he'll go probably for in the 30s. I mean, that's just yeah. the realistic where he's at right now. So I think the one thing that you should do is look at those values pre-draft and actually Brandon Gadula, wherever you're playing at, whether that be CBS sports, Yahoo, ESPN, Brandon Gadula did a really good piece on each of those sites where the overvalue and undervalued players are. So if you look at number five, just go, you can even just Google it. Just I can't remember what the series is called, but Google like ESPN league, number fire, Brandon Gadula, and you'll find it. Yeah, just that. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. Twenty words. That's it. Yes. This next one is not not Ryan. He said, in a league where p- passing touchdowns are four points and rushing touchdowns are six points, how much more valuable do rushing quarterbacks become? Do you have an answer for that, Denny? I'm sorry. What was the set? What were the settings again? In a league where passing touchdowns are four points and rushing t- touchdowns are six points, how much more valuable do rushing QBs become? Oh, wow. I I, I mean not. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, I just, I, that's, but isn't that standard? <laughs> I mean, but, right. 
Isn't that just standard? I, I, I mean, rushing quarterbacks, just because you're a rushing quarterback doesn't mean you're going to be scoring touchdowns. Um, and like automatically, I don't. The, so here's an interesting thing to to throw out there. I did that study on what happens whenever the the passing touchdowns changes six points instead of four, and showed that there was not a week to week difference at all. But one of the players that actually gained a top twelve performance, gained a usable week, was Cam Newton. Oh really? Yeah. So just to show, I mean, it's it's clearly just one example of of the greater picture here. But that's just I, I think that the whole idea is just overblown. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Next one is from at Ducalion. He said, 12-team, .5 PPR, two running back, two wide receiver, two regular flex, one tight end, and only four bench. How would you construct this roster while picking 12? That's, that's, that's a pretty loaded question. That's a lot, douche. .5 PPR in your flex. Are you looking to play wide? Let's answer this. Are you looking to play wide receivers there or running backs there? Uh, mostly receivers. Yeah, I usually am too. So I think I think that kind of answers his question to go a little bit more wide receiver heavy than you yeah. would otherwise. Um, can you discuss how a budget? This is from Matt Greg Sauce. Can you discuss how a budget of greater than two hundred dollars doesn't necessarily imply higher draft values for all players? Uh, so I also had to just kind of get him to elaborate on what that meant. It's essentially asking if it's a three hundred dollar budget. That doesn't necessarily mean that all the dollar guys are going to be $2 or $3 or so on. So I think one thing to know is that if the dollar value does increase, you can still get Carson Palmer for a dollar. Is basically, I think, what what the answer would be there. Yeah. Um, This is uh, at the FF Comedy Hour. They said, the podcast says, what's a reasonable price point for hiring an actual auctioneer to host the draft? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, if you're not going to go top of the line, like one of those auctioneers who who does like like horse bidding in Kentucky or something, yes, then just don't do it. So you're talking probably like 500 bucks per head in a in a fantasy league. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Talking. I would, so, I would love to have Jay Cutler do it. Uh, what do you mean, be the auctioneer? Be the auctioneer. <laughs> oh God, it would be. He'd be like, does anyone want this guy? Or what? <laughs> yeah. Do you want this? Okay, cool. Yeah, you got him. I'll be outside smoking. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Uh, next one is at Latex Salesman 7. That's okay. Uh, yeah. He said, 10-team PPR auction. Can you discuss ESPN auction values and if they are too low on top players? Um, I, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you can spend a little bit more on top players. That's, yeah, I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen them, so yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, this is at SMGDH. Rank the following nations. England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Wow, we're going to offend a lot of people here, huh? Yeah, I'd, England's first. Wow. It's easy. I, I don't know. Like, I, go, I, go, I go England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland. Are we ranking on the basis of colonialism? We're just and ranking the- on, on your own personal beliefs, Denny. Okay, so... I would probably rank opposite according to which which country has enslaved the fewest people over the last four centuries. That's, that's, fair. that's yeah. fair. So I don't know where that stands, but that's where I'm, that's 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 my take. Nice. Uh, this is at Fitz underscore eight four three. What are your thoughts on Justin Forsett? Um, I you know I know it's it just seems strange for this replacement level guy to come out of nowhere and be a second round draft pick, <laughs> but I, I think that Tressman 
Trestman's offense more than anything supports a pass catching um, running back uh, who has instantly who has a a, a high floor. Yeah. So I I can't I I can't say that I that I hate Forsett. I I don't think that he's a good running back or a great running back, but. I in that system, I think that he could be very useful. And even if even if he doesn't have a great rushing season, I think I think that he could pretty easily catch seventy passes. Why why not? The history of Tressman's offense says so. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, this is at Fitz underscore eight four three. Where would you rank C.J. Anderson? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that he has RB one, the RB one in his range of outcomes. Yeah. Um, I, he would be, I haven't made rankings yet, but I'm guessing that he'll be my second or third running back. Damn. I think, I mean, I have him just outside like the top four typical guys. Yeah. I think that he's interchangeable with a guy like he, he was interchangeable with a guy like Foster, uh, Marshawn, same deal. I think that he's certainly a first round pick. Yeah. I, I, um, the equity score, thing has it, on the fake football what it was insane his ceiling according to that is insane yeah. so that's um the next one is at andrew schmidt 24 i didn't draft a defense so want to grab the jets to stream week one who do i cut out of reggie bush roy halu vernon davis and dorsett i uh, don't ahead. don't cut dorsett yeah i would probably cut vernon yeah, I mean, don't do not cut Dorsett. I, I, you know, even for a card carrying member of Team Big Wide Receiver, I, 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 I cannot uh, deny that Philip Dorsett is going to have uh, possibly serious value. Yeah. Uh, the next one is at Jamie underscore Gomes. You said, if Bradford is your first QB in an MFL ten, are you good with just two quarterbacks, or do you draft a third to go with Sam and Jesus? Um, I mean. I, I think that you can get away with drafting like Bradford and if Philip Rivers sometimes falls or, or someone like that, but I definitely would not draft. I, I wouldn't feel super, super comfortable with Bradford and Alex Smith. No, I, I would take a third. I mean, just, you know, as someone who doesn't play MFL 10s, listen to my advice. Yeah. Uh, this last one is from at fantasy underscore duck. He said on the Eifert hype train is the ninth too early in a 14 team draft. Um. I'm saying no. I don't think at all. Yeah, I mean, fourteen. I was. I thought it was a ten or twelve at first team draft, but no. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Sweet, we got through all of them. All right, nice. Sweet. All right, Denny. Where can everyone find you? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter, and um, uh, my uh, off season work can be found at thefakefootball.com. Awesome. And I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB. And you can also go to numberfire.com and look at the content that we and I are cranking out. All right, Denny, you want to go get some milkshakes? Yeah. Let's see if Tyrod Taylor wants to be on the show sometime this, uh, this season too. Ty- yeah. We got to get Tyrod and Niles Paul on living the stream. We love you. We love you. We love, we love our listeners and we love Tyrod Taylor and, and Niles Paul. <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. 
For more fantasy for